0: Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host Hunter Beless. Life's a journey. We were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. Today, we're continuing our Women of the Faith series. In it, we're talking about stories of women from church history that will encourage us to trust our God who doesn't change. Today author Laura Caputo Wickham is going to share three incredible women with us, Helen Rosevier, Corey Tinboom, Boom, and Betsy Stockton. As you'll hear, Laura has written about these women in one of my favorite children's book series called The Do Great Things for God series published by the Good Book Company. I actually had the joy of contributing to this series by writing on one of my favorite missionaries, Amy Carmichael. You can check out the whole series at the link in our show notes. In this series we're looking at the lives of different women throughout church history the more we learn about them the more you may be challenged to study the bible more deeply and be better equipped to teach god's word if you find yourself there know that southeastern baptist theological seminary offers a variety of flexible degree options to empower you to do just that southeastern believes that god commanded each of us to go and make disciples by teaching his word and sharing the truth about jesus christ that's why they offer a diverse selection of certificate programs, master's degrees, and advanced degrees to help equip women to serve the church and fulfill the Great Commission. Southeastern would be privileged to play a part in your growth in God's word and your training to fulfill the Great Commission in all of life. To find out more, explore degree options, or schedule a visit, check out sebts.edu. Now, let's get on my conversation with Laura about these lovely women of the faith.
1: find you to be so charming honestly I did not know in reading your books I've been reading them I told you for probably three or four years now but you have a number of children's books and your name I I did not realize that you're originally from Rome you're in the UK is that right can you tell us a little bit about um, what brought you to the UK and uh, how you
2: ended up writing children's books I blame Jane Austen because I came to the UK and I found my Mr. Darcy. <laughs> <laughs> that is so but, nice. Yeah, I, I was born in Rome easily. My father was the pastor of a small evangelical church over there, which you can imagine in a strong Catholic city as Rome. It, it came with its challenges. I met my husband when I was studying literature in England, and I moved here in 2008. We have two daughters: Elise is eleven, and Grace is eight. And we also have a dog and a cat. So there's never a dull moment in the Wickhams household. <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that's so wonderful! And you tell me that there are stacks and stacks of books. Or is it true that you're working on your first
2: middle grade novel right now? Yes, that's right. Yes, it's uh, an adventure set in Italy.
1: <laughs> oh, that is so fantastic! I have to confess that that is actually my favorite genre. I guess I just never grew out of it. Oh, me too. <laughs> so I'll be me looking too. forward to that. <laughs> but you have written many, many books for the series that I'm actually just publishing a book in called Do Great Things for God. And mm-hmm. these are all books about women from church history. Well, why don't you tell me? Tell me about it. Was it your brainchild?
2: Yes, I, I felt it was It was something quite important. I, I don't know about you, but... I jumped into the bandwagon of the children's biographies. They're really popular. And as I was reading them to my girls, I realized that there is quite a big focus on success, whether it's a Nobel Prize or a gold medal. And I felt like it was important to maybe complemented with a Christian view of a successful life, which mm. um, it doesn't necessarily mean has to be a gold medal, but uh, a life spent serving God. Yeah, I mean, I, I like to think that the Christian version of a successful life can be summed up in Second Timothy 4, 7. I have fought the good fight, finished the race and kept the faith. And I think this... Serious wants to celebrate women who did just that in order to encourage children to do the same.
1: Oh, well, I don't know if you had a say in me being a part of it, but I have to tell you, it was such a wonderful process for me to get to do a deep dive on mm. these ladies. The lady that I wrote on is Amy Carmichael. and. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, it's so life-changing just studying a woman who, you know, was just like you said, an everyday follower of Jesus, uh, who really was striving to be faithful to what He put in front of her. And it just encourages me to do the same in my life today. So Mm -hmm. why do you think it's helpful for Christian women today to consider the stories of Christian women from the past?
2: Well, if you think about it, we see something similar in the Bible. Hebrews 11 gives us a really long list of characters from the past who put their faith into action. And this was written with the aim to encourage and inspire the current generation. And I guess in a way, the series wants to have a similar, has a similar purpose. It wants to point families to faithful women from the past in the hopes that it will inspire children and families to serve God just as faithfully and I mean many of these women face some of the challenges that our readers might face too we've got rejection as in you know we see it with Gladys Elworth, bias as in Betsy Stockton, disabilities like uh, Fanny Crosby and so on So these are ordinary people that could rely on an extraordinary God. And I feel that it's so encouraging to see them in action through the highs and the lows and learn more about them.
1: Mm, Well, do you have a favorite? Because you've covered so many. I mean, who all have you (laughs) covered and which one is maybe one of your favorites? I know it's hard to choose.
2: Oh, my goodness. It's such a... Mean question. <laughs> <laughs> so I've written about six um, women, and it's Betsy Stockton, Coriton Boom, Gladys Alward, Betty Green, Fanny Crosby, and Helen Rose I'm guessing I'm not allowed to say that they're all my favourite because I would be <laughs> cheating. Uh, so if I had to choose, I'd say the latest addition to the series, Helen Rosebeer, it's still quite fresh in my mind. And there's something special about talking to people who actually met her because she only passed away about seven years ago. Wow. So did you do some interviews? I had the chance to talk to somebody who wrote a book about her. Wow. <laughs> so, um, yes. And, and she, she spoke to her and I was starstruck. Because <laughs> obviously when you learn about these women, it's just really special. And knowing that somebody has met them. Yeah, it's exciting.
1: Definitely. It like personifies them a little bit. You know, you read about them and you're like, wow, I can't even believe.
2: Yeah. Especially
1: her story. So tell us a little bit about her story. Can you share some of the highlights? Yeah.
2: So Helen um, was a British medical missionary and she served in Congo in the 1950s, 1960s. She studied medicine at Cambridge University, which back then was already quite a challenge, you know, with her being a woman. But what I love about Helen is her honesty in admitting that even though she was raised by a Christian family, it took her a while to find a deep connection with God. This happened one day during a Christian conference. Helen was struggling with her faith and had asked God to make himself known to her. And then through the tears, she looks up and on the wall there was a verse, which is one of my favorite verses too, Be still and know that I am God. This is Psalms 46, verse 10. So God has just made himself known to her, just as she prayed, he would. And Helen says, which I think it's so beautiful, that that night she fell in love with Jesus. And now Helen was a true force of nature and was involved in all sorts of activities. She was unstoppable, a bit like you, Hunter. (laughs) (laughs)
1: I don't know about that.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes her impulsiveness and candor would uh, rough a few feathers, a bit like me. (laughs) Uh, But she had a heart for mission. And when a request came along for a medical missionary to help in Congo, Helen jumped at the opportunity.
1: Wow. I absolutely loved reading About her prayer life. I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about the parcel that she received.
2: Um, Could you tell us that story? Yeah, I'm tempted to read it. Can I read it? Absolutely. One night, Helen helped a woman give birth to a baby. The baby needs to stay warm, she told the nurses, or else he might die. But there were no hot water bottles, so it was difficult to keep the baby warm. Helen was worried. The nurses were worried. The baby's big sister was worried too. When Helen asked some of the children she cared for to pray for the baby, a girl named Ruth closed her eyes. Please, God, she prayed, send us a water bottle. It'll be no good tomorrow, so please send it this afternoon. She then added, send a doll too for the baby's big sister, so she'll know that you love her. That very afternoon, Helen received a big box from England. Helen had never received a parcel before. Inside, she found a hot water bottle and a doll.
1: How incredible is that? It just bolsters my faith.
0: I don't know about you, but that story really challenges me. I want to go confidently before the Father believing that he hears and desires to answer my prayers when I ask according to his will. This story was such a great reminder just to pray in the spirit on all occasions as Paul instructs us to do in Ephesians 6:18. According to Philippians 4:6 and 7, we're to make our requests known to God by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. We're to pray without ceasing in all circumstances, even though God knows our requests before they leave our lips. He wants us to present our desires to Him as an act of humility and trust. We also ask because we desire intimacy with Him. By asking, we're acknowledging that He is our provider. And when we ask, we're acting in faith, trusting that He is a good Father who gives us what we need. God might not always answer our prayers the way we expect Him to, but He always answers our prayers the way He ought to. This is the confidence we have when we come before Him. May we do so even more today.
1: One of the things, Laura, that I've seen in even the one that I wrote on Amy Carmichael, there's like these threads that just unite them and Mm. prayer is definitely Mm. one of them. Would you agree? Yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Especially in Helen's case, she went through some pretty sad circumstances. So when she arrived in Congo, she helped set up a hospital. And when I say set up, I mean literally build it. She had to learn how to make bricks and all sorts of other skills. She ran the hospital, working around the clock, and then Congo got his independence, and it became a very tumultuous time for the country. Mm -hmm. Fear took hold of the community. Many missionaries fled, but not Helen. Helen Mm. stayed put and continued to help the best way she could but then she was eventually taken prisoner, kicked, beaten, raped. At that time, Helen looked up and said, God, where are you? And again, we see that raw honesty. Mm -hmm. And this really spoke to me, being able to just go to God with a desperate heart, even angry heart sometimes. And almost immediately... Helen felt a consciousness that God was there and he was in charge. And she felt God asking her a very difficult question. The question was, can you thank me for trusting you with this experience, even if I never tell you why?
1: Wow!
2: And Helen said, if this is part of your plan, I don't get it. But yes, thank you for trusting me.
1: That just makes me want to cry. You're like, right. Uh-huh. <laughs> Obviously,
2: this didn't stop the pain and humiliation, right. but it revolutionized everything for her. It changed her perspective. And she, she was able to help other people that went through difficult times. And she's helping us as well.
0: I know you guys are loving this conversation, and because of that, I want to share another one of our sponsors that helped make it possible, Scriptura. Have you heard of Scriptura? They craft new Bibles with custom leather covers and restore special Bibles that are falling apart. They recently restored my ESV study Bible and one of our team member Kimberly's Bibles that had deep sentimental value. They were able to restore my Bible with a beautiful leather that's soft and well-crafted. And Kimberly had a strap put on her Bible and chose to have multiple ribbons included for her to save her place as she reads and studies. Scriptura offers lots of different options just like these to choose from. You can take advantage of their limited time offer by going to scriptura.co and using the code JOURNEY15 for 15% off your order. They even give a portion of all proceeds to Bible translation work around the world. How great is that? Check them out at Scriptura.co and use the code JOURNEY15 for 15% off your order.
1: You know, this reminds me a lot of, of your book on Cory Ten Boom. Ooh, yeah. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I know not everyone listening is fully aware of who Corrie Tinboom is. Can you tell us mm. a little bit about her life? Because I think there's some commonalities there when you're talking about not allowing herself to be driven by fear in her circumstances, but instead fearing the Lord. Yeah. So yeah. tell us about Absolutely. Corrie Tinboom's
2: life. Yeah. So Corrie Tinboom Boom was a Dutch Christian who, along with her family, helped many Jews escape the Nazi Holocaust during World War II. She was eventually imprisoned uh, in a concentration camp for her activities during the war, but survived. And she went on to travel the world and speak about her experience and share her faith. Yeah, it's, she's uh, an incredible, incredible, incredible woman. and. I remember reading her autobiography, The Hiding Place, which I thoroughly recommend and crying in the middle of the cafe because her testimony is so tragic and so powerful.
1: Yeah, it totally is. You know, when you were reading her in-depth testimony, I, re- I read that years ago, but it's been so long, I don't remember. Did she seem like she was scared or conflicted about making the decision to hide, you know, the Jewish people from the
2: Nazis? That's the thing. She was, <laughs> at least, it's not the impression I got. She—wow. She describes a moment when she sees the police arresting a family of Jews. And she makes a prayer and says, God, I want to help your people in any way. She just made a commitment then and there to help the people of God.
1: Very, very incredible. You know, how did her life then encourage you? I mean, and and you could talk about Corey, or you could talk about any of the ladies, Laura, because I'm just so curious how you're changed as mm. a result of having read about these ladies. How did they impact your personal relationship with the Lord?
2: Yeah, with uh, Corey in particular, what really struck me is how her family was rooted into God's word. They would read the Bible together as a family every day. And I like to think that, in a way, each verse has slowly been preparing them for what they were going to face one day as a family. There is a wonderful moment in particular, and I talk about this in the book, where young Corey hears uh, the verse, You are my hiding place and my shield, I hope in your word. Some 119, 114. And Corrie wonders, why would anybody need a hiding place? And the answer came, of course, many years later when she and her family hid Jews in their house providing a hiding place for them. It's estimated that they saved around 800 Jews. So yeah, this has challenged me to root myself into the world and let God working my life, honing me to become a faithful servant. I recently bought myself a silver bracelet. You can see it, but your listeners probably can't. Uh Um, And it has a tree on it. And, Uh And when I look at it, I remind myself of Psalm 1, particularly when he says, blessed is the man whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water which yields its fruit in season. And I will probably never be as selfless and as courageous as Corey, but I want to deep into the same source that gave her that strength.
1: Yes, that is exactly what I want to do. And I am so encouraged by these ladies and by you even just hearing your testimony of just desiring to, again, root yourself in
0: God's word. What does it mean to be deeply rooted in our faith? Paul says it well in Colossians 2, 6, and 7 when he wrote, So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to walk in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Jesus died for us. He paid the debt we owed because of our sin and brought us from spiritual death to life. Now we are to live or walk in Him. To be rooted and built up in Christ, we must walk in Christ, being careful not to be taken captive by anything other than Him. That is how we make all progress in the faith and grow up in Christian maturity as Paul was encouraging the Colossians to do. It begs the question, what am I sinking my roots in today? Am I rooting myself in Christ and drinking in the nourishment that I can receive from His word? I don't wanna live a malnourished life. I wanna live a life rooted in Him. If you were to kind of encapsulate
1: how these ladies were faithful in whatever the Lord had set before them, whether it be Helen Roosevelt or Corey, what would you say, like, how did they exude faithfulness in their life?
2: I would say the determination of, of serving, mm-hmm. despite rejections or uh, attacks from outside, they had a vision they heard God's voice and they just pursued it. Yeah, I'll be honest, Hunter. Working on this series has been humbling. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, delving into the lives of these amazing women of faith has shed a, a light into what I'm lacking. I'm I'm not as passionate as Betsy or selfless as Corey, fierce as Betty Green. I'm not that. And it's so easy when you read these stories to feel so small and, and pathetic. But I'm meditating on on the Psalms with the help of Tim Keller's notes. And something he wrote was really helpful. In, in his Psalms, David often, constantly actually, reminds himself of what God has done in the past. And it would be tempting to look at these great women of the past and think there were nothing like them. But they achieved what they achieved through God. And God is the same today as he was those many years ago. He hasn't changed. We can still trust in his unfailing love, his power, his provision. And I found that really comforting. And yeah, I was keen to share this with, with you and your listeners
1: that is one of the things that I think is really uh, important for us to consider. Um, Sometimes we look back on people from the past and we can elevate them um, to Mm -hmm. places that they themselves would not have wanted us to. And so that's a great cautionary word. As we look back to their lives, just to remember that it wasn't because of, their competence it was because of the lord's great faithfulness to them and so and he is his faithfulness to them extends to us now in the present so Mm. that is such a good word do you have time if you'd like to discuss betsy um she's another one of my favorites from the series i think i have her here how did you come across betsy stockton because honestly laura i did not know about her until i received your biography in the mail a couple of years ago
2: Unfortunately, there there weren't as many books or biographies about missionaries of color, yeah. but there there were missionaries of color that yeah. uh, traveled to to share to share God's word, and and Betsy was one of them. She she was born into slavery and uh she was later freed. And I love that the first thing she did the moment she was free was to serve the Lord. Isn't that so, amazing?
1: She just it's like she was became free. And I, I would have thought, like, okay, you wanna go, you know, do something for yourself. Yeah. <laughs> like she's standing on the ship. She's like, just here we go. We're gonna go do and th- it wasn't the next easy. hardest thing
2: <laughs> <laughs> I know that traveling to Hawaii sounds amazing but back then she had to travel I think it was a five months journey on a whaling ship so it was oh. stinky and it was cold and it was miserable surrounded wow. by people all the time but even in those situations she would find time alone to spend with God and pray she would hide in these safety boats <laughs> (laughs) She would sit there and read the Bible and spend time with God, which is amazing. And and obviously her experience for her, she was very passionate about education. I think she was self-taught pretty much. So for her, education was really important. And what she did in Hawaii was to teach to underprivileged children. And then she did the same when she moved back to America uh, a few years later. So, yeah, another inspiring, really inspiring woman.
0: Our last but not least sponsor for today's episode is Kaleidoscope. As a parent, you want to give your kids helpful discipleship resources, but there can be a huge gap in understanding between storybook Bibles and adult translations because most of them are written at a high school level or higher. That tricky in-between stage is where Kaleidoscope steps in by retelling every book of the Bible at an elementary reading level in beautifully designed, single-volume chapter books. This helps kids learn from the Bible in words and language that they can understand. This month, they have a new volume out called Shadows of the King, the story of First and Second Samuel. Your children will love exploring the worlds of Samuel and King David in this epic story of God's faithfulness. Kaleidoscope also has volumes on everything from Genesis and Exodus to Matthew and Romans. Check them out today on Instagram at ReadKaleidoscope or online at ReadKaleidoscope.com and take 10% off your order with the code JOURNEYWOMEN. Kaleidoscope, the new kid in kids' Bibles.
1: All of these books, Laura, I just... These are exactly what I want my little girls to read. What's your hope for your girls, you know, as they're reading these books? What are you hoping they walk away with?
2: I really hope that they will... Be inspired to serve God with whatever gifts they have, whether it's traveling the world or just yeah. journeying with a friend who needs help. These stories are so different from each other yeah. that offers encouragement and an example to follow to all sorts of kids. So we've got we've got Fanny who uh, wrote gorgeous hymns. And and then we've got Betty Green, who was passionate about flying and she becomes a missionary pilot. I think God gives us different gifts and it yeah. would be amazing to see children using them to serve Him.
1: Oh, I love that so much. And, you know, as a reader and as someone who studied, you know, Amy Carmichael's life, again, like you mentioned, I mean, Amy Carmichael, she went overseas multiple times, but she went to, you know, Japan and then she was in Sri Lanka and then she was in India. And I look at her life and I'm like, wow, she went to India and she just never came back. Like she just stayed the yeah. whole time, which makes sense because, you know, travel was so different that, that uh, back then. But at the same time, I'm like, I've never had that kind of resolve in anything in my oh, life. I know. But I know. to see just the simple disciplines, spiritual disciplines that mm-hmm. really grounded these ladies, it seems like just the simple thing of being in the word and prayer like those yeah. two things like the lord uses those things in our lives to just continue to compel us to walk forward in faithfulness and so yeah. It encourages me that like when I feel overwhelmed in whatever respective thing is set before me that just sticking to the basics and just continuing like you said to root yourself in the word and to connect with God through prayer mm, um mm-hmm. he will guide us he will direct us and, and equip us equip us and establish mm. us and so th- that's one of my favorite things about studying these ladies but I'd love to hear from you you know you've done so much study on different ladies from church history what are some of your simple joys when it comes to studying church history in general?
2: Mm. One of the the joys is to learn that these women had the same struggles that we have and had moments where they perhaps didn't feel as close to God. And it's normal to have this, but God used them anyway. And it's really encouraging for me to hear that because... um, Sometimes I, I I don't feel I, I'm i living my best like, Christian life and, and it's good <laughs> to know that God uses me anyway. Also, uh, the fact that, as I said earlier, the same God that helped them during those really difficult times or answered their prayers in those amazing ways is the same God that I pray to every morning, every day and uh, He can answer my prayers the same way he did for these women. Mm. And also the third one would be wondering... Who this the future (laughs) pioneer of faith will be? Whether it will be maybe some children reading these books and being inspired, or my children, and it's not all stuck in the past. There's still so much to do, and who knows? Who knows?
1: (laughs) Oh, I love that so much, and that just sheds light on what important work you're doing, Laura. I'm so grateful for it because. I can tell you that my little girls are so inspired um, every time we open the pages and they want to open them often. So <laughs> is there maybe one person from church history that has had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? This is a question that I've asked for many, many years on the Journeywoman podcast, but I thought it'd be fun to take a special kind of church history twist on it. Yes, What figure from church history has had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? <laughs>
2: I really enjoyed reading about Fanny Crosby's story. So for those of you who don't know her, Fanny um, was uh, blind and she wrote thousands of hymns. And some of these hymns we still still sing today.
1: What's one that we might know?
2: Blessed Assurance is one of them. Yes, yes. Safe in the arms of Jesus, yes, Yes, yeah. and she she was incredible, she was so talented, despite the fact that she couldn't see, she had memorised books and books from the Bible, she could write these incredible hymns in like 10 minutes, but what really struck me about this woman is that she had so much joy. So I read her autobiography and I found myself giggling out loud because she was <laughs> just so funny and Aww. and so joyful. It's something that it really stays with me because having knowing that we're saved, knowing that Jesus died for us should fill our hearts with joy. Yeah. And and she didn't let her disability or you know, the difficult, life must have been really difficult back then um, for a woman and for a disabled woman, but she just didn't let these things stop her from uh, being joyful, and I I really like that.
1: I like that too. Well, let me tell you, it has been such a joy. To get to hear about these ladies thank you for making their lives a little bit more accessible to those of (laughs) us who have lots of little people running around it's been a joy to have you on the journey women podcast today thanks for joining us
2: thank you so much for having me
0: we pray that this episode bolsters your faith in our god who is the same yesterday today and forever If you found this episode helpful, consider sharing our Women of the Faith series with a friend or leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify. I so appreciated this recent review that said, This podcast is for anyone hungering and thirsting for a deeper relationship with Christ. It gets down to the nitty gritty and inspires and convicts in a most gracious and down-to-earth way. If you'd like to help us get down to the nitty gritty as we move women to know and love God through his word, to find their hope in the gospel and to invest deeply in their local churches as they go out on mission for the glory of God, head over to journeywomen.org forward slash give or check out the link in our show notes for how to donate. Also, this is a friendly reminder that we are gonna ask you to let us know what you've been learning as you've listened to this series. So please take notes. We will feature some of your responses in the last episode that airs on May 29th, and you can email them to info at journeywomenpodcast.com. As always, thanks for listening. It's a joy to get to journey alongside you guys. We can't wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.